In a world dominated by sound bites and characters on a screen, the art of conversation has faded. It's time for the Great Conversation Podcast. Allow us to illustrate your sound waves with colorful, meaningful, great conversation. Yo, I am the I am hyphen X, and welcome to the Great Conversation Podcast, where we indulge in healthy dialogue about topics that are important in today's society and culture. We're talking about it, y'all. We're talking about it today. CRT, better known as critical race theory. Is it important or no? We are live. Guys, please share this live. Tag a friend, tag a friend. History is rewritten right before our very eyes. Right before our very eyes. Just want to just get, get some of the news out here that here at the Great Conversation Podcast, we do have the SAR conversation. Uh, we're going to be looking to bring that real soon here, but we need to hear from you our listeners. So guys, you got any type of scenario, questions, need some type of advice, anything whatsoever, go ahead, hit us up in the inbox, or you can email us at greatconversationletstalk at gmail.com or right here on Facebook. Uh, inbox us. We want to hear from you. That's our interactive show where we hear uh, from you, our guest. All right. So I just want to I've been kind of, I heard the words critical race theory. I heard those words. And before knowing exactly what it was, I just went in and I started listening to the, uh, the opposers. I wanted to listen to why people did not want, want uh, critical race theory. Let me... we can get some more people to come on here but let's go forward all right this is live baby we are definitely live great conversation podcast i am the i am hyphen x your host just bringing up some of my notes here guys because some i really caught off guard by a lot of what was going on um I remember going to school and lining up in the straight line silently and then marching through the hallways, removing our coats, hats, and backpacks. We entered a square type room. We sat in square desk or a square rectangle desk and those desks were formed in a straight line. We would stand every day and recite my allegiance to this country. 
I remember being indoctrinated by to reinforce the notion that America was number one. Wealthiest and most powerful nation and white men and women got us there. I also remember in the fifth grade when we were being taught about slavery in this great country that my teacher was used my skin tone as a way to show the distinction between house slaves and field slaves. Joining the conversation today, I have high school history teacher, Nicholas Strange. I think this is a very good to have him on here just based off the simple fact that he's a history teacher because history is they're trying to rewrite history right before our very eyes. Bringing, bringing them on now. And while he's coming on, guys, make sure you share this live. Got some great questions that we're going to be talking about here about this critical race theory. I don't know what's going on here. Hold on. There we go. All right, Nick, what's going on, bro? What's happening? Hey, man, thanks for joining the conversation today. I really appreciate it. No um, problem. You're bringing a I'm lot of energy here. <laughs> it's a lot going on. Especially like with the it. critical race theory part. Like let me let me let me say this. Let me let me let's just dive into it. What do you what is critical race theory to you or if you have a definition? Oh man, putting me on a spot. Good thing I did a little, little bit of reading today. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I think critical race theory is just one of the the tools in the in the history toolbox. Um, but more specifically, I, I think critical race theory, you know, it was created um, from what I understand from legal scholars, primarily, um, you know, legal scholars uh, of color who were looking at stuff and trying to understand racism um, through the legal culture. You know, how have certain laws led to systematic racism um, to help kind of explain some of the inequities, inequalities that we see today. So that that's kind of how I look at it and kind of understand it. And, and I think that's what you're trying to do. So definitely a higher level type thing. I mean, this isn't something you could be um, talking, discussing with elementary school kids. Um, as far as on that level, I think there's components you probably could for sure. Um, but yeah, it's this tool that, you know, it's a way, it's a different lens to look at history and to help explain the racism that we still see in this country today. Yeah, it's like it's like looking at the receipts. That's what yes. I call it. It's looking yeah. it's looking at the receipts. I do I do have a brief definition here that I'm gonna put up on the screen. It'll pop up momentarily here. Now I I kind of want to come from this uh this standpoint. Uh the uh, CRT critical race theory is the theory that racism is not merely the product of prejudice. But that system, that racism, 
is embedded in America society, its legal system, in order to uphold the supremacy of white persons. Like in my like what I said in the beginning, you're a white man. You 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 we're probably around the same age. You probably learned these exact same things that I talked about in the beginning about uh, life in this country. What? Why do you think it's important to teach uh, uh, students to think critically about race? And also, what age bracket do you think that should be taught in? Um, I think it's important to talk critically about race so we can start thinking and discussing it. I think part of the reason why we are where we're at is because for a long time, we haven't really addressed the systematic racism, especially at the education level um, in high school, middle school, um, and, and different things like that. So I, I think it's very important that, that we dive into this, we look at this, um, and, and we understand, you know, our country um, – you know, you were talking about the pledge and all the good stuff, but you know that that's not a story. You know, we we gotta talk about America as a whole, the good, the bad, the ugly, right? So that's the only way you move forward. It's like a relationship. You know, if one of you cheats on the other and you just never talk about it, that relationship's not gonna be healthy. You know, if it's gonna exactly. make it, if it's gonna make it, you need to sit down, you need to talk about it, you need to discuss. It's not gonna be easy. All right, these aren't easy conversations, um, but 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 you got to do it, um, and then you got to do it really sooner rather than later. So what I mean by that, I think we need to be honest. There's no reason why we can't be honest in elementary level. We do not have to glorify um, and whitewash history. You know, think about some of the holidays we celebrate, like Columbus Day. Like, there's no reason why we can't you know change that to Indigenous Day across the board and celebrate that instead of Columbus. So elementary level, I think the big thing we really need to start doing is, first of all, not teach the fall, you know, the, the whitewash history, the things that are just not historically accurate is where we could start with that. And representation, too, as far as books and things are concerned. I don't know. Did that like, answer your question? Nick, everything... No, you did. Everything you're saying sounds good, but then you have the naysayers, right? The naysayers oh, yeah. say that teaching critical race theory teaches America to uh, be racist towards white men, and especially uh, to uh, teach them to be biased and not judge people on the merit of their character, but the uh, the color of their skin. What would you say to that? That's a bunch of crap. I mean, critical race theory is looking at the system. You know, it's looking at the, the machine. It's not even looking at individuals. It's looking at the machine that has been created and propped up to help keep, you know, white supremacy, um, you know, at, at the forefront. So I'm a white male. I, I've done reading a critical race theory. I've dived into this. I've thought about this uh, more, um, you know, the past couple of years than ever. Um, and my ego, uh, you know, hasn't been hurt by that. Other things probably. Um, but anyways, you know, when you get older, your ego always takes a little bit of damage. Um, yeah, it takes a yeah, little bit. That's, that, that's just garbage. I mean, it's like you take a car into me. To me, it's like a mechanic, right? To figure out, to fix the car, you need to know what's wrong with the car. 
Critical race theory is one of the tools to figure out what's wrong with our country. Because there is definitely something wrong. We've seen it with the George Floyd. We've seen it to how we've responded to COVID. And critical race theory, in my opinion, is one of those things that we could use to identify what's wrong so we can fix the problem and hopefully move forward and to take this crisis situation that we're in and make better. And we've had opportunities in America to do this. I feel like after the Civil War, there was a time period to do this. Reconstruction was working, despite the narrative that people like to say was a failure. No, they ended Reconstruction. Yeah. All right? Yeah. And then World War II, we had a chance to fix things. But then the GI Bill, for example, didn't apply to everybody. It mainly applied to white males. And then all of a sudden, you know, that coupled with redlining and other things, you know, that's how we've gotten to the situation we're at. I, I like the way you said it because there's looking at the history, the history law laws help shape history, right? History mm -hmm. teacher. So keep the uh, it's the melody, the melody to what's going on, the laws of the, of the land. Just like you said, the uh, the GI Bill, how that how that particular bill had language in it that made it explicit to white males to benefit white males. Just like there's been laws in this country that have been explicit against black people, explicit against uh, native Americans or indigenous people. You know what I'm saying? So I think what are you, what are the top main concerns to the naysayers? Ones that don't want this to be taught. What do you think are the top concerns? What are they worried about? I, I think I think they're worried about they've been convinced to think that their status is going to be like something's being taken away from them. All right. I, I think that's part of the issue. Like their culture is going away. Um, you, you know, it's kind of like when we see immigration debates throughout the country, you know, throughout American history, right? Ah, the Catholics are coming in. You know, this new strange religion. Um, you know, new languages are coming in. Um, I, so I, I think, like, they feel threatened that their, their culture is going to be taken away. And it's part of the fear of the unknown, I think. Um, I, don't, I, I don't know. I try to wrap my I, I think about this a lot. I, I think what they've been, they've been convinced that they're being attacked, I yeah. believe. I don't think they yeah. are, but they've been convinced because people have realized it's in their self-interest to scare um, because people will respond in fear. And then when you respond, think of like a horror movie. Whenever you make decisions based on fear, you're not making the right decision, right? The person goes back into the house, runs up to the thing. And then I think some people, the people who are really perpetuating these lies, they know that they're lies. But they know that right. they can gain from it, and they're taking advantage of people, and, and that's the sad part in it. Because at the end of the day, what we're talking about here is not nobody's status is being removed. We're, we're talking about let's increase status of different people that need it, that have been pushed down. Why have they been pushed down? Because of our system in America for a long time. Let's correct that system, push it up here. This group right here is not being moved down, right? It's staying there and probably exactly. going up, if anything, you know. So, but but it's just fear. 
the fear of the unknown, I guess. The status quo, people don't like to change either. I, I think that's part of it, too. I, I think I, I like what you said about people's statuses or the race status. Because it is, this this country is about it's, it's racism, classism. That's what this country is built off of. It's yep. built off using, abusing, and making a lot of cash while doing so. Like, I remember being a child, and I'm like, you know how it just kind of clicks, and you're like, so America's rich because of all the free labor it had. Like, when you when, when that finally clicks to you, like, because that's not really, that's not really taught. That's not taught. It says that America was involved in trade for tobacco and cotton, things of that nature, and then, you know, and then there were some bad white people that had slaves, and uh, the, you know, there were, but it was that was really bad, and we the freedom, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that's it. But then they neglect to really talk about, like you said, the Reconstruction period, the um, and then in going into the industrial uh, revolution, understanding like the laws and legislation. Like right now, I believe there are 11 states currently. Uh, I think with Florida and Idaho being one of uh, two of the eleven I can think of off the top of my head mm -hmm. that are actually putting things paper saying we're passing bills that you cannot teach critical race theory because schools yeah. were never designed for people to think. go ahead. No, I, I agree with you. I mean, they're, they're trying. I think at the end of the day, the laws don't have a lot of muscle behind them. And it'll be interesting because they're going to go through the court system too, um, I'm sure. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But well, but what it's going to do, whether they're set successful or not, is you're going to have teachers who are going to take the easy way out and self-censor themselves in the classroom and who are going to avoid these topics that are so important to talk about, um, which is the most depressing part about those laws, whether they last long-term or not. Um, they're just scaring people not to talk about it, um, wh which is depressing, um, for sure. And then I interrupted your next thought there, so I'll throw it back to you here. Uh, free flowing conversation, um, bro. I kind of I look at it like you like it's a it's all a power struggle, right? It's all a game, right? Yeah. Pieces on the chess, pieces on the chessboard, and I do I believe that. I believe that the white male is afraid of losing their status and not even losing their status by uh, force. I'm talking about this with the hearts of people, not being the hero, not being the savior. Once the critical, when people start thinking about race, race critically and looking at laws that were passed and these, how prejudice can influence law and policy Things of that nature. You know what I'm saying? When they start to see those things, like they get, they're scared. You know what I'm saying? They're scared. They're gonna lose the 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 all print the prince charming appeal. That's what I'm like. They're gonna lose that prince charming appeal, that knight in shining armor appeal. And like you said, it's not that people are gonna be pushed down, not by force, but in the long people will see things. I know, I don't know. I guess you call it your stage or whatnot when you start about the history, the real history of America and whatnot, you're just always so 
blown back by it. Like, wow, I can't, I can't believe this. 1776, that, that, that's, that's a July 4th, but I'm black and we weren't freed until 1860, well, 1863, but then two years later, 1865, and then you got the whole Jim Crow time. At what time? What? Why are we celebrating this? You know what I'm saying? Like you get, you get alienated. So I kind of understand when the opposers say, "Hey, this may cause people to not be patriotic and not be." What do you say to that? I think we don't blind patriotism is dangerous. Uh, extremely dangerous. You know, blind <laughs> patriotism leads to extreme nationalism, uh, which leads to terrible things throughout history. So there is nothing wrong with people. It's good that question. Like at high school, I want the, the kids to question stuff. I want them to dive into this stuff. I want them to play around with it. You know, a, a big part of you know teaching. Um, is culturally relevant stuff. So that means using multiple sources on stuff from people with different perspectives, different backgrounds, looking at that, dissecting it, and then have the students create their own history, I always talk. And what I mean by that is I'm going to give you as much as I can source-wise, and I'm going to do my best to give good sources, primary sources, as much as I can from the time period, from as diverse of a group, of individuals that I can. And then I want you to read this stuff. I want you to take this in and I want you to think about this and want you to develop what do you think America is. And then what we've tried at the, you know, with our department is really, uh, you know, our tests, our essays, these open-ended essays where we want them to construct an argument and to back it up with actual concrete evidence, not fallacies, not logical fallacies, not, you know, fiction um, either. And then create your own history. That's what we got to do more of. Not teach them some history. You know, this isn't me being a high school history teacher. I am not a Hollywood producer trying. My job isn't to make the kid feel happy every day they leave that classroom. All right. My job is to get them to think critically about America, to expose them to what actually happened in America for the good, the bad, and the ugly, and then to have them. Hopefully, go home and think about it, analyze it, and start creating some of their, their own opinions. Not what's coming from the news, but their own thoughts on it. I kind of went in a tangent there. And no, that's fine. It, it, but I, I think that I think that's exactly what the power structure is afraid of. Yeah, people having the free having the free will to think. To think critically about what I like, what you, I I think I like it more so interpret their own history instead of making their own history because they have yeah. to interpret it because you're they're going off the facts because they're going off the facts. You know yep. what I'm saying? This is what's going on. Uh, this is what happened. Draw your own conclusion. But I think the consensus will be what. So the the difference between how we look at uh, Germany. Or are uh, the Nazis is because that's taught in school. I think the same thing will happen in the United States if we talk if we're taught about the cruelties, the cruelties of this nation, the cruelties of uh, citizens of this nation, and also the prop the cruelty to the humans that were property to this nation. You know what I'm saying? So I think the consensus will be like they may be in the same boat. They were kind of doing the same type of practices. 
You know what I'm saying? So they they whitewash and rewrite history. And I think that's what they're doing right now before our very eyes. Like the I'm not a I'm not an advocate for uh, destroying um all of the statues and this, this, that, and the other. I'm just saying let's build up some other ones. Cause once we get rid of those uh, 50 to 100 years from now, maybe looking back in America and it's like, why aren't black people um at the level of everyone's and then some some old guy is gonna say, ah, racism. And they're gonna be like, what racism? What are you talking about? There's black presidents, there's women presidents, there's been a robot president, you know. There's like <laughs> you know, like I say all, all all these things, you know what I'm saying? They're erasing the evidence right now. And just for a type of learning institution to say no to, to anything, to thinking anything critical, to let you know that it's not about education, it's about indoctrination. And that leads me to this pop-up question. Now, you yeah. thought about this. What is your think is the difference? What's the difference between, as a teacher, what is the difference between education and uh, indoctrination? <laughs> Man, you gave me a loaded question there. I'd rather talk about uh, robot presence. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think it's a fine. I mean, I've heard some people say, you know, education sub level, of course, could be indoctrination. Um, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, with history, we have certain facts, right? Um, that that that's there, and then we, we present those facts, and then we we. And there's different ways you can maneuver those facts. You know, there's different thought process, different opinions that you can have. And I think it's important in history. I, I think part of the problem here, I'm going to kind of go back to a couple of different things. I think part of the problem with some people is they want history to be taught like that's how it's always been taught. Blah, blah, blah happened. It happened this day. It happened this day. Here's the winners. Here's the losers. It was all good in the end, right? Happy ending. But that, that's not, to me, that's not teaching history. I mean, we're not doing anything a kid can't do on Google nowadays, right? So that's not going to separate them. To me, I got to give them some skills through a history component, and that's the critical thinking skills that I need to do, all right? So it's those critical thinking skills where they can go their own direction with it, have their own interpretation, as you said, which I liked. Um, so then they can go with that. The more space I can give them for their interpretation, um, you know, interpretation that's based on solid fact, that's based on logic, um, you know, good sound logic, um, the less indoctrination there's going to be in the classroom. So it's providing that space for that and teaching them the skills to get there to be able to develop that stuff. Um, it is kind of, I, I think, is the careful balancing thread. Now, at the same time, that doesn't mean, you know, we had the election, right? We had some kids in class who thought the election was rigged. All right. I think we've gotten into a culture where it's like two sidedism, right? Not everything deserves to be debated, right? Like, I'm not going to do it. Like, if I was doing a debate class, we're not going to debate was Hitler a nice guy and bad guy. I mean, there's lopsided debates. And then the election thing, I didn't just let the kid, you know, you know, interpret that. I go, no, this is wrong because your facts are wrong. Here's where they're wrong. Here's the evidence showing you that they're wrong. And then that's a job that I need to do to push back on that part of it. Um, and that's where I really got to critique the evidence that they're using and then the logic that they're using and to point out those flaws. 
I love the way that you're using the word evidence because that's absolutely right. That's the only thing something can actually be a fact. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. when, when, we're, when we're thinking logically, when we're, when we're using logic as our measuring stick, you have to be able to have facts. The evidence has to be factual. So I like the way you said that you're not saying, no, you can't have your opinion, but your opinion is based off of what you feel, your emotion. Here are the actual facts and evidence to what you're what what you're having the emotion about yeah. you know what i'm saying so here are the facts this is your emotion i think we're losing people don't under, i think people think that their opinion is fact how they feel <laughs> is actually fact and that's not the case you got a uh kudos yeah, in here from uh and she's a great history teacher kudos <laughs> well thank you appreciate that yeah, I mean, I guess in a sense, my job is to make their arguments boring, <laughs> take away that emotional appeal. Uh, but no, like, yeah, I mean, it, that is tough. And I agree with you. I mean, we, we've gotten so wrapped in to emotion where, we're, you know, um, everything that we do is instantaneous. I think part of that is the culture, the way social media works. Um, that we, we don't take a lot of time to reflect before we put something out there, which is which is sad. Kids just need, you know, I tell kids, man, you guys ever just sit in a room and think? Like, put on a record, and then they're like, what the hell's a record? And then, no, they they don't. Sometimes we just need, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, people, like, I, I, I like, I like what you said. I noticed when the world really started changing, changing, you know what I'm saying? I'm a millennial, so I've seen a lot of different things happen in my lifetime. But one of the most incredible things I've ever seen that I think just really reshaped society as a whole was when it went 24 hours. When Walmart went 24 hours. You know what I'm saying? So now you weren't constricted to a time. You could satisfy your urges at any time of the day and like you said and then you mix in you mix in that with youtube and facebook and twitter everything is hot and ready fresh off the presses you know what i'm saying you can your emotion is now your lead you know what i'm saying before you may you may have wanted that fish fillet you may wanted that fish fillet fresh but the logic told you you had to be there before 10 30 because they close at 11. But now your now your emotion is like, hey, I need that fillet of fish. Let me let me. I don't even have to leave the house now. Let me just go ahead and DoorDash that. You know. So I think it was I th I think that did do something to the mindset. And if you think cool about something now, now it's you're just you're you're either a troublemaker, or you know what I'm saying, or I guess a white a right winger. Like you're, I don't know. Like you're lit. You're too, you're, you're so liberal. You're so liberal in your thinking. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm just I'm, I'm just processing things differently and looking at all the facts and not being blind to a what you call a two party system, right or wrong, if you will. You know what I'm saying? Um, my team versus your team, because the crazy thing about it, whoever gets voted in, they're the the representation of everyone, even the ones that they didn't who didn't vote for them. Which is crazy. We treat politics like it's a freaking sports, man, like a fandom. 
And then, yeah, think of, like, fandom's so flawed. Like, I cheer for, like, I was a big Cubs fan. I still am. But it's, like, so flawed. Like, why do I cheer for them? Just because geographically they're close to me. Their turnaround of players is so quick, especially nowadays. So I'm not really cheering for a player because they're going to be gone in five years, most likely. So am I cheering for the owner? Most owners are, especially the Cubs owner right now, he sucks. It's like, why do I treat politics like this? Like, politics isn't like, you know, the guy gets in there, we want them to lose. Because like you said, he's our, or, you know, he's our president. Or she's our president. Um, or the robots are president. Uh, but, you know, we, we want right. them to be successful. But that's not how we treat We treat it like sports, like fandom, which is such a flawed thing in itself. Like, like when people like, oh, I like this team. Like, to me, you know, Milwaukee and the Suns, I felt like they were both good guys on those teams. Like, they're nice teams. There's no <laughs> assholes on them. Like, they're all cool. Like, I was fine. I just wanted to watch entertainment. But if I'm like, yeah, I'm happy Giannis won, my Bulls fans that I'm buddies with will be like, dude, you're a bandwagon jumper. I'm like, the Bulls suck. And some, I think the Bulls yeah. are getting better. But, like, back in the day, like, you know, shortly after Jordan, there's a lot of assholes on that team. It's just like, like we shouldn't be treating politics yeah. like we're cheering uh, against the Packers if you're a Bears fan or vice versa. So it's crazy. And I still can't. You door dashing fish fillets to your house? Man, I don't even know if I would pick up a fish fillet for us. Not me. I don't even eat, <laughs> I don't, I don't even eat fish fillets. <laughs> I thought that was an odd choice. <laughs> I was just thinking outside the bun. Um, uh, I got you. <laughs> now, a, a lot of what they're saying also, bro, is that they're saying that critical race theory, when it being taught, teaches that, I'm going to just say it plain as possible, that America is inherent to this. Would you, what would you say teacher? As a history teacher, when you look at the historical um, facts of America, could you say that? Do you think America is inherently racist? America, Not well, Americans, but America. I don't like to speak in absolutes, so with that type of logic, I'd have to say no. But if we don't address this stuff and we don't critically look at these systems, okay. I mean, we're going to continue to go down this path. I mean. That's been the frustrating part is, you know, you study this stuff, you know, George Floyd, right? Well, Malcolm X was giving speeches about police brutality. I mean, for crying out loud, I mean, we're going through the same crap for 67. I mean, even longer than that with this stuff. So, you know, it gets to the problem. If we're not ever going to face this stuff, then we're just going to make that. We will become inherently racist because we'll never have changed. And that's what it will be. So we need to address these issues and we need to face them head on um, and to look at it and to understand it. Um, it, it and I acknowledge it's not easy and the solutions ain't going to be easy. And, and part of that is, is because we ignored it. You know, reconstruction was an opportunity. There, there was South Carolina had a biracial legislature going. You know what I mean? We, we were on the path, yeah. uh, you know, in some yeah. areas. But then there was so much resistance, and then we, we went back to where we're at. So, I, I mean, in a sense, like that's another thing, too. Like, when people say critical, the world's colorblind, 
All right. You know, and then they used the one quote they know by Martin Luther King. Um, and they dropped that. And then it's like, I just want to show them like data. L- look at the statistical data here. You know, what is it? One in three African-American males are going to be incarcerated at some time in their life. Like, and you compare that to a white male. Yep. Like you ask them that, how do I tell a high school kid why that data exists? If you're telling me I can't look at the system, then to me that must believe, like if you don't believe the system's creating that, then you're racist because then you're saying that they deserve to be in jail. You know what I'm saying? So like they, they almost like backed themselves in this corner that, you know, the world's colorblind. But all right, look at all this data, statistical analysis we could do of the inequities that exist. So if we're not going to look at that and try to answer, that's what we're trying to do, too, in the high school classroom. Let's look at where we're at now, 2021, and let's follow that thread back. All right, why do we have a mass incarceration problem? And then the only way to answer that, in my opinion, because I believe, you know, that, you know, genetically, you know, we're all, what, 99.999% the same. Therefore, it's got to be a system that's creating this difference. And I don't think that's mind-boggling or crazy to look at. And I don't understand why we wouldn't look at the system. You still there? Did I lose you? Hello. Can you still hear me? Oh, I think I'm I don't know if I lost I don't know if I lost him or not. I think he's coming back here. I hear you now. You good? Got some lag. Well, guys, we are alive, man. I do apologize. We got a little lag going on. I would like. To, I will. I love, I love the way Nick is answering these questions, but I would like to take a time and to answer uh, the question as well. Uh, I, I can't tell if we're if I'm being heard or not because I hear you. Can you hear me? Do I believe that America is inherently? racist and if i have to yeah can you hear me yeah i can now i think we're good now okay all right yep we're good all right we're back we're live guys guys this is high school history teacher nick strange with me here and we're talking about critical race theory right now the question on the table is do you believe that uh you that America, yeah, I can hear you. Yep, that America is America inherently racist. And now I just want to, I want, I would like to answer that. I would like to answer that, Nick. I want to answer if I believe if America is inherently racist. And I had to think about it. And if at some, if America at some point believe that. People were three fifths of a human being. 
And then they also believe that they were not even human beings at one point. Uh, so able to come over water an indigenous people. I said policy about it. I'm looking at laws and policies that America in its true essence is inherently racist until just because you're born into a racist family doesn't mean that you have to be racist. But once you recognize you become a different type of individual in America, just coming up, even I knew I'm not, I'm not a baseball player. I don't have the strongest legs. I'm not a soccer player. I went to a predominantly white elementary school. And when I would come up the bat off GP, they'll be like, hey, Denez is coming up, guys, move back. Because I was so I was perceived to be the strongest kid. So this is the mindset of Americans. You know, young children, everyone knows the difference between black, white, what you can do, what you can't do, things of that nature. So I will have to say that America is inherent, inherently uh, racist. I'm gonna. I, I will have to say yes. I'm gonna. I, I, I gotta go the other route way on that one. I gotta, guys. Right now, guys, I want you guys to join the conversation. Okay, I want you guys to join the conversation right now. Drop it in the comments. Do you believe that America is inherently racist? Drop it in the comment sections. Or if you guys, I, I think if you guys listen to this show, you know what's about to happen now. I think I'm going to go ahead and drop the link here soon. I'm going to go ahead and drop the link in the comments. And we'll see if anybody wants to uh, come on. Come on. Come on here with us and share your opinion. Oh, yeah, man. So sometimes we sometimes we put the bait out there and uh, we get some people. Sometimes we don't. I, I would love to hear from the opposing this. Cause I know that these people exist in my hometown. Different opinion, I do. I understand that. We do understand that you don't always have to agree to have a great conversation. And I would love to hear somebody who's on the opposing side of that that says that no, we should not be te teaching critical race theory. That it does uh, uh, teach racism. I was. I would just love that. I'm in fifth grade. Mr. Martindale, he's telling telling the students a house slave, and then just went on to the next the next thing. Everyone's just looking at me and stuff. Like, why was I subjected to that? But you're telling me that we can't talk critically about race when race is already so openly says is. But if it's a negative light on the so-called uh, saviors, then it's a bad. Okay, we have a question from uh, YouTube. I'm gonna put. It's, what does it mean for a country racist? Are you referring to policy uh, or the uh, the people? Or the people are the policies. I'm, I'm referring to policy. I'm not trying to keep it. I'm not trying to do it on an individual, on an individual level, but to keep it a thousand is a push. <laughs> if I just had to keep it, keep it real here. 
So I'm pull, uh, can you can you see that comment, bro? Can you hear me? You've been choppy here, so I've been trying to. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. Yeah. Oh no, I can hear you, bro. All right. Can you see the comment? Yeah, from Kate. Yeah, from Kate. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think the policies have definitely been flawed. I mean, like you said, the Constitution, three-fifths, um, was written in there um, to Jim Crow laws that were, you know, passed to, you know, plus your first Ferguson ruling to redlining to, you know, stuff like that. So, um, and those policies, some or you know, some are still, I don't know, necessarily in place, but part of it's still there. We haven't got rid of it. There's other, pol- you know, now they're writing in more policies, these voting um, laws that are being passed that are, you know, suppressing the vote. So, um, yeah, you know, it's something that you, you have to work on. You know, the founding fathers definitely, I mean, there's no hiding. The vast majority of the people who signed the Constitution, you know, the first people to sign it were, were slave, slave owners. And they have a troubled history. Um, and it's it's depressing. It's definitely depressing when, when you find that out, um, especially when, you know, you're led to believe otherwise um, for a long time. But sometimes I think, though, they, they if they there there is a document we do, you know, despite the flaws, there does seem to be some, you know, we got life, liberty, pursuit of happiness written in the Declaration of Independence. We do have some framework to where we could fix this. That's the thing where I think America is somewhat fortunate is that they did create a system, um, whether it was by accident um, or not, you could decide on your own where some change can happen. And we have a tool to use that and we need to continue to use that at times. But I understand some people would say, you know, that that has gone. You know, people have become very disenchanted with the political system. and, And I understand that, too. Um, and I think part of that is the money that's gotten into this. I'm going into a tangent now here, but I think if you look at a critical race theory, a big part of it is um, this kind of, oh God, I forget how they phrased it. Oh, interest convergence. That civil rights really only got passed because there was a self-interest for the white population to pass it. For example, if you look at some of Bell's arguments, um, he talked about the Brown versus Board of Education. Um, the argument um, Bell lays out is that got passed partially because we were in the middle of the Cold War, America was. And we had to look like we were better than Soviet society, so we had to strike down Jim Crow laws. There was self-interest to do that. You see a lot of times, you know, you think of Martin Luther King, his tactics are designed to create tension to force people to change meaning now it's in their self-interest to change, whether it was through boycotts, you know, money is a big factor in that. Um, And then the more money you get into the political system, the more you can prey on the self-interest. It's no longer public service anymore, which is depressing. Teaching, this might be me being a teacher and being biased, a teacher who's in it to teach, like not looking to ride the ladder up in administration, although there are some good administrators, I just tend to not like people who are above me, I guess, who have more power. <laughs> but uh, uh, um, teachers who are in it for a career, though, they're doing that. I like to think a lot of them and a lot of my colleagues are doing it as a public service. With that, we need to trust public education. We need to trust our teachers. 
the ones who are doing it for a good purpose. And there is nobody better than if these teachers truly are in it for public service to talk about critical race theory and to dissect these issues than in the education system. Fox News, that ain't the place to do it because they're trying to make money at the end of the day. So, um, you know, I like to think public education can be that one place where hopefully, um, you know, we can have the self-interest is taken away and we're doing it for a public service. Maybe that's me being way too idealistic, which I'm sure it is, but I'd like to think there's a few of us and hopefully I'm doing the best I can. Or I, I hear you on that. I think in an ideal world, what you're saying is absolutely right. The ones who have the desire to be public servants should be the ones teaching our youth to be critical thinkers, to build a better system. You know, like you did say, like life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Like I hear I always hear those words and I'm just like, you know, I'm torn because there's two sides. There's the. There's the American side where I'm just like, yeah, you know, as an American, that's for me. But also as a black American, I know that when that was written, that wasn't for me. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, 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 that wasn't for me. Oh man, my light just went out, but that's okay. So I just want to read what I have here on the screen. This is from Anne over on the other page here. And she says that, um, I believe America is inherently racist. I was pissed that Kamala Harris uh, said it wasn't. Great conversation, exclamation point. Do you have Quaker ancestors, Mr. Strange? I know I have strange cousins in my tree. <laughs> hey, I recommend watching Cast Iron Eyes and the uh, Line 3 Water Protectors. Thank you for your comment. So you got some Quaker, you got some Quaker uh, lineage? <laughs> I have no idea. So um, although my grandma passed away and... I do have all the genealogy, so I might have to pull that out and take a close look at it. Um, so, but I'll put those two things be. to watch on the watch list, though, too. Oh, most For definitely, sure. I will most definitely do that, guys. This is our great conversation pod, great the great conversation podcast. I am the I am hyphen X. Sit here, uh, history high school teacher uh, Nicholas Strange here, man. We're just chopping it up, guys. Remember, we're talking about critical race. Theory. That's what we're talking about right now. Is it important or no? I'm saying it is very important. I love the way I, you know, and I love the way I'm going to kind of bring in kind of what both of us were saying. I think it's important to lay out the facts, lay out the facts so that we can educate and not indoctrinate and allow students to have their own interpretation of the, of history based off of factual evidence how do you say it i don't want to say anecdotal but i guess factual evidence uh so that they can make their own decisions let's see i agree yeah. rock the teachers who yeah. are in it for the right reasons were pushed out hey she said even the slave even the quakers were slave owners until there was a decision to oppose slavery then it was the quaker slave owners uh, would not free their their share, they were removed from the church. That's a whole another. That's that, that's a that's a whole another thing, <laughs> guys. Go ahead and drop that link out there, guys. If you guys want to come on and share uh, your thoughts on critical race theories, you can. If not, you guys, go ahead and just uh, continue to uh, drop uh, those uh, 
comments in the comment area. We're about to wrap it up here. Now we got about a good nine minutes here talking about critical race theory. Um, like I, a lot of, a lot of American history, I didn't learn from school. I learned from movies and having conversations with people. And you know what I'm saying? Like I was one of those in like the college town, I'll go to the drunk, go to the bar, get drunk. And then we'll talk politics. We'll talk uh, <laughs> history. Like I'm a, I'm a real history nerd buff. Like I, I love anything history and English because there's, there's something in writing that's historic. And then with these bills, man, like you said, they're trying to reshape history right before our very eyes. And I, like you said, based on their, the fear of losing their status. And, and that's not even the status of right now. That's for, they're looking years to come. You know saying like 125 years from now, what are people going to say about what was going on? Because I think, the powers that be understand the power of time and well, the effects of time and the power of, uh, of of a name or words. You know what I'm saying? Nick, I'm going to go ahead and let you all have any last, you have any last thoughts? I'm going to let you go ahead. No, I, I think the naysayers that their legacy is going to be, they're going to be the, we're going to be teaching about how they were wrong and how they were, I don't know how you want to phrase it, 21st century segregationist. Um, but I mean, that's the ultimate irony and everything. They think they're doing the right thing, but they're going to be, they're going to be in the opposite end, especially for people who are teaching and right. Um, and they're, they're going to be held to that. And I think another thing too, that's part of critical race theory, um, is testimonials, the narratives, you know, you speaking about your narrative, like you've done throughout this podcast, that is an important aspect to all this. That's an important thing we could take away when we look at critical race theory, you know, giving voice to different groups of individuals, especially groups of individuals who have had their voice taken away for years. Um, that's something we've done. You know, um, we recorded some students in the Harlem school district talking about their experience, um, as you know, African-American students, and then you put that in front of teachers who are, you know, a little bit like, I don't know about this stuff. You know, maybe we're going, we're too woke or whatever. But then you had this 17-year-old kid talking about their experience and you put a human, you know, human element on it. And then all of a sudden it's not abstract anymore. This is a feeling from a person. And then just seeing you talk about it, the way you, you know, your facial expressions and stuff, that does more teaching. You know, that has taught me more about the flaws and wherever you went to school than if I would have read in the book. So talking about it, like this podcast is great. And, and that's one of the things I love about you is that you, that you love to talk to people. You love to get it out there. You're, you're not scared to shy away from this. You know, you're doing this, um, you know, at 830 here in the middle of a week um, after doing stuff all day. So I applaud you for doing this and for everybody who's watching, um, because when you talk to more humans about it, that's when we humanize things and then we can move forward and we can take this so we are not inherently racist and we, we can have something there. I, I, there is hope. I don't know how big of it is. I, I feel like at times that it's a very small thing, um, but, but there is some hope. And, and we've seen that in the Rockford area with some individuals and the stuff they're doing. And Denez, I think you, you know, you're fighting a good fight, man. Hey, I appreciate you, Nick. You as well, man. That's my media brother right here as well. Guys, I just want to leave off with this, man. 
if anybody is trying to teach you to think critically, I want you to think critical about that. <laughs> like if anyone is trying to tell you to not to not think, I want you to really think about that. You know what I'm saying? Guys, uh, guys, make sure you guys we're on Apple, Apple Podcasts now. We're also on Spotify. We're on Anchor, guys. Um, man, we're everywhere. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. Guys, anywhere that you're listening to your podcast, man, you guys need to be listening to the Great Conversation Podcast. Don't forget that we're going to be coming back with our sidebar conversations here very in the near future, very, very soon, where we talk to you, our guests. And we may even be moving slots, guys. We may be moving date and time. So uh, we got a lot of things going on over here, man. We got a... We're all over the place, man. Well, we're going to make more and better uh, content for you, our listening and viewing audience, okay? Um, once again, this has been another great conversation. I am the I am hyphen X. And always remember, you don't always have to agree to have a great conversation. Peace. One second. We're almost out. <laughs> My computer went a little slow. All right, boom.